Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Um, this is our first episode that we're recording. Paige and I thought we would um, introduce ourselves during this episode and answer some questions. So actually, I'm going to introduce Paige and Paige is going to introduce me. But our plan for this podcast is that usually a, we will be focused in on a specific neurodiverse topic um, and sort of exploring that idea and how it's affecting people's lives. We're also hoping to have on some guests who have um, either a story to tell about where they've gone wrong and what they've learned um, and, or um, people who have um, really made successful lives for themselves for whatever success may be for them. So um, this is my daughter, Paige Kieschlin. She is 24 years old. Um, she has a fraternal twin sister um, and they are um, pretty much polar opposites of each other. So um, Paige is full of life and zest and energy and um, funny and makes people laugh and likes to make people laugh. Um, she's currently a lead at a local grocery store in one of the departments. She has an on again, off again, on again, off again relationship with um, school. Um, through high school, she was a really great student. There was lots and lots of structure, um, but college is a little bit of a different game. And so um, she's super curious and loves to learn, but the school for a man, as many, many people who are neurodiverse know, is not friendly. Um, Peach is um, really kind and loving and um, has a lot of humility. And, and um, a big value of fairness always sticks out for the little guy. Um, and her dad and I are really enjoying watching her grow into the person that she should be. Okay. This is my mom, Sheila Kieschlin. She is um, a neurodiverse coach. She um, is married. My parents have been married for almost 27 years. Um, She's a really good mom. She always advocates for me and my siblings. And she became a neurodiverse coach because she she'd noticed like how many like after I was diagnosed with ADHD particularly ADHD she noticed like and plus she was a substitute teacher for a really long time so she noticed like how much some people were struggling and wanted to help them so she became a neurodiverse coach she has lots of different like skills and trainings and stuff I don't know all of them but you can go to her website and you can read all of them there um yeah awesome Thank you. So um, we're just going to run through some questions about um, 
each other so that you get to know us really well. Um, I think if you're taking advice from somebody, you should know a little something about them. Um, so Paige, why this podcast? Originally, I wanted to make a YouTube channel because I'd noticed that there were many different, there were people with neurodiversities, primarily people who were autistic and people with Tourette's who had these channels and they were like talking about their disorders and like spreading awareness about them and sharing like different tools or information about the disorder just like spreading awareness but I noticed that there weren't really that many about ADHD I mean there's like the big ones so like how to ADHD everyone knows like how to ADHD is fantastic but other than that I don't really know that many others that were that had ADHD so I and I like have learned throughout like the time that I've been diagnosed, I've learned a lot of skills and like, tips about and like information about ADHD. And I just like when I need them the most, I tend to for like forget about them or like I forget that about all of the information that I sometimes learn because I have ADHD and my memory isn't the best. So I figured putting all of the information into one spot as like a like a toolbox would help because the internet is forever so if you put it out on the internet I know that I won't that that information that I put on there will be there forever and so and plus now that it will be on the internet other people can access it too so I'm like helping others while I'm also um helping myself what about you? Awesome. So uh, um, I'm probably the reason why it became a podcast instead of a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I'm not real fond of being on camera, but I am very, very fond of supporting you um, in finding a way to collect all this information and put it in one place. Often when I work with my clients, we develop some kind of operator's manual individual operators manual for people. And so I think this is a great way for this to be an operators manual for you. Um, and if it happens to help somebody else, then that's amazing as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> our next question is what are our neuro, our neurodiversities? So, okay. so I have ADHD. I'm also autistic I have technically it's Asperger's technically I don't really know what to call it but I have autism and then I'm all I also have dyspraxia great can you um tell people what dyspraxia is because I don't think everybody knows dyspraxia is a motor it's a it's a motor disorder or it's a, it's a coordination disorder because people can also have dyspraxia of speech. I have dyspraxia of like motor dyspraxia. So it makes you like clumsy. I don't necessarily, um, like I, I can cut my leg and I won't necessarily know, or like my arm or something. And I won't know that I'm bleeding until I can feel stuff running down my leg or my arm 
or in, until someone says something, um, I tend to, or like I'll, I'll grab something too rough. So like our cat, I pet her way too hard and she's like, don't pet me. So now she's like afraid of me. And even though like I try really, really hard to be really, really like soft and gentle, like I know I should be gentle, but like my brain doesn't connect the two. So I like pet her really, really hard. Um, so yeah. it it makes you so like my I'm basically I'm like unaware of my body in space and time so I'll like run into things it makes you really clumsy I like run into things and I drop things and like the motor skills are harder to do like there are certain things that a 24 year old should be able to do that I have trouble doing like I'm 24 and I can't cut in a straight line. Like most five-year-olds can cut into a, a straight line, but I have to stay really, really focused in order to cut a straight line. But right. that's basically what dyspraxia is. Absolutely. So um, I'm dyspraxic as well. So um, hand-eye coordination sports are not something that Paige and I do. Um, although one time we played pool because we were... <laughs> we were <laughs> waiting around for something else and um it was pretty damn funny um we're not oh, hand-eye cool. coordination cool. kind of people um and the same way both Paige and I have bruises just all over our legs because we walk into stuff all the time um I'm also dyslexic so um I think a lot of people think dyslexia is just something about reading but it's it's really also like forming the thoughts and words in your head and putting them in the right order and getting them out and um, being able to um, organize um, words in into sentences because I don't think in sentences or in words at all. I think in pictures. Um, and so there's also a lot of overlapping challenges with dyslexia and ADHD, like the whole time blindness thing and lack of organization. So I'm really sympathetic and very understanding of people or my clients who have ADHD um, that have that as well. So um, Paige, what is a quality that you admire in other people? Um, so I admire people who are brave and honest and kind because first off, no one likes being lied to being lied to sucks. Also, mm. no one wants to be around someone who's a cowardly jerk. I strongly believe in standing up for what you believe in. If something is unfair, I feel like you should, or that if something, if you see something that you think is unfair or unright, you should stand up for it. If you truly believe that that's wrong, then you wouldn't stand by and watch that happen. So being ha having someone not do that and being like, oh, well, I think this is wrong. And then when they watch that, that they don't like stand up for it. That's just like uncool. And plus no one likes being around someone who's unkind. So I like, I like kind people. Kind people are good. People are good. <laughs> Plus I'm brave. So like 
brave people like other brave people. I don't know anyone who's brave who likes to be around other people who aren't brave because you don't have anything really in common with them. So. Awesome. What about you? I um, really admire people who can stay calm. So this whole idea of, you know, emotional regulation, that's um, really strong. So I'm really good in emergency. There's like a medical emergency. I'm really good in that. I can stay really calm in that kind of situation. But if I'm annoyed or, um, or angry, I have a much harder time keeping my cool. I'm really working on it, although I've been really working on it for like 30 years. Um, so I really admire people who are really gracious in those situations, even when they're angry. Um, I think I'm definitely getting better. I'm definitely learning to like walk away or to say like, I can't do this right now. Um, but I just think that's an amazing skill and I would love to have that quality. Mm-hmm. Or at least like that quality to be much easier to attain when I need it. Um, <clears throat> so, Paige, do you have a morning routine? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I kind of have a morning routine. So, um, I get up and I take my medicine and then I usually brush my teeth. Um, the getting up and getting medicine has always been the first part of my day since I was 12 years old when I was diagnosed with ADHD. So I, that I've like learned to do because I, I know not everyone with ADHD likes to take medicine. I know not everyone with ADHD takes medicine. I choose to take medicine. I like being more productive and I don't like the feeling of being trapped in my bed all day because I don't want to get out of bed and then you're stuck in this cycle of just watching I've wasted days just sitting in bed watching YouTube because I didn't take my medicine so I prefer taking my medicine because I like my brain when it's more productive but um then after that it's iffy Sometimes I'll exercise. Um, sometimes I'll exercise. Sometimes I'll go on a walk. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, no, I want to sleep a little more. If I like have a day off and I didn't sleep great the night before because you have ADHD or autism, we don't get the best sleep. So sometimes I like having a little bit more sleep um, or I'll just like sit in bed and scroll through whatever social media or text someone or whatever but I'm trying to ideally I would like to get up take my medicine brush my teeth get dressed and like work out or go on a walk do something something productive before I go to work or before I like start the rest of my day but it's a work in progress work in progress is so good what's your morning routine because I know Um, you have one I do. I um, I have always had a morning routine because I really cling to structure as a as a person with um, dyslexia. Structure is absolute key. So I'm pretty organized because if I'm not, then I'm a complete mess. So um, 
I have a very specific routine in the morning. So I get up, I work out, I um, then like do all the brush my teeth, shower, change, blah, 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 stuff. Um, I then take um, about an hour and a half and do care for Paige's twin sister, Alexis, who's a full-time wheelchair user. And so she needs some help in the morning. Um, And then I finish up whatever else I need to do. I um, pray every morning or almost every morning. Um, And then I start my day. So whether that means I'm going out or whether that means I'm going to my office to get on client calls, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, but structure is super important for me, um, in order to get the day going. Um, so our next question is, um, what is something you can't go a day without doing? I can't go, I can't go a day without going, like going out of the house. I don't do well when I have to stay inside all day. I'm the type of person who paces around. I'm the type of person who's always moving, whether it's like fidgeting or walking just around. Sometimes it's just talking. I have to be doing something. Otherwise, I will go crazy. She does talk a lot. um, I talk a lot and I talk really quickly. Um, But uh I, I like to be able to go out of the house, even if it's not for like an errand or for work. So even, even on my days off, even if it's just like taking a walk around the block, just to like, if I had to stay inside all day, I feel like my, my hyperactivity, I feel like would just like build up. And then I would either like destroy the house and just like be all over the place and no one would be happy or it would build up into impulsiveness and I would do something I would regret doing. <laughs> so I, I enjoy going out. That's something I think I can't go a day without. I can't go a day without like going out of the house to do something, even if that's something small. What right. about you? What is something? Um, um, I... I'd say there's probably a couple of things. So I pray every morning. It's pretty much the first thing I do. Um, and so um, prayer is, and my faith are um, significantly important for me. So praying every day um, is definitely something. But I'd say the other thing is that I spend quality time with my husband um, every day, even if it's just a few minutes um, cause we're both busy working. I always just make sure that we have at least that few minutes. Um, are you fidgeting now? Yeah, I am. What are you fidgeting with? A pencil. Oh, have, just your like, pencil. A bunch of different things. I'll fidget with pretty much anything. It's kind of a problem. It's a mechanical pencil. I can see her. It's a mechanical pencil. I'm just playing with the eraser. I'm fidgeting but. too. So I have my silly putty. Um, so uh, next question, Paige, is what's your favorite quote and why okay. is it your favorite okay. quote? Okay, so my quote is, uh, sh- this person will come back later in the episode, so I'm just going to explain it now. Um, Eleanor Rose. this quote is by Eleanor Roosevelt, who, for those of you who aren't American and don't know 
as much about American history. Eleanor Roosevelt was a first lady when her husband, Franklin D. Roosevelt, was president from 1933 to 1945. He, um, he himself like did good things for the country and he helped the country but I her quote uh, her she's the one that I like really like but the quote is no one can make you feel inferior without your consent and I like this quote because so um I would say about five years ago I was in this really bad relationship this man it was toxic. toxic. It was toxic. It was toxic. It was manipulative. It was verbally abusive. This man uh, wasn't taking care of his mental health. And he got upset whenever I would mention it, but whatever. Um, and it left me very, very um, broken, I guess. Not really broken, but um, not broken. in a- Depressed, depressed, anxious, um, anxious. I was not in a good place. I was in a very, very dark place. And I made him, I let him make me feel inferior. I made, I made him let me lose all self-love that I had in myself. And so, and it took me a really long time to, um, you're doing good. You're being very brave. (laughs) To, um, find that love in myself again and to rebuild the confidence in myself that I the little that I had but I feel like I'm more confident now that I've like I needed to take that time to heal and process my emotions and process what I went through so I like this quote because it I feel like everyone should remember that um you shouldn't care what other people think. Um, you should just vibe to your own your own rhythm. And if someone doesn't like it, then screw screw that person. You um, you shouldn't like follow like obviously you should like follow social norms and stuff. Like don't like go around doing things that aren't socially inappropriate. Don't do that. Um, but like if you wanna if you wanna. If you want to do something that's kind of weird, like if you want to flap your hands in the middle of the grocery store because you're excited that ramen noodles are on sale, then go for it. And if other people are looking at you, then so what? So basically, like no one can make you feel less and insignificant unless you let them. So you just have to remember to have, I know it's hard sometimes to feel confident in yourself, but you just have to just try to, or at least fake it. If you don't f- actually feel confident, that's, that's a thing that you can work on. But you just like fake it and make them, make them not, make them think that you, what they're saying isn't affecting you because that will just enable them if they think that what they're saying or what they're doing is getting to you and bringing you down. They're only going to continue doing it because they have, they know that they have that power. So you just have to let them like think that they don't have the power and just stand up for what you stand up for what you think and just do whatever you 
you do and don't let anyone make you feel inferior or less yeah what's your favorite quote mom (laughs) it's a really good explanation thank you for being so brave and sharing um I have lots of favorite quotes. So this is a really hard part for me to like try and narrow it down to this. I, I love quotes. I think quotes, quotes are, are great. Um, so I have quotes like all over the place and I use them all the time and I use them in my coaching work. And so they're everywhere. So, so I narrowed it down to two. So um, one of them is um, the limits of my language means the limits of my world, um, which is a quote from Ludwig. I think I'll say his name correctly. Last name is Witzenstein. Um, It's W-I-T-T-G-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. If somebody wants to look it up, but there's another thing with dyslexia pronouncing words is hard, um, especially if they're not familiar words. So the reason I like this quote though, is because um, it's very, very true, right? There's a big difference between um, feeling, you know, depressed and feeling despair or between feeling um, um excited and feeling happy, right? And to be able to make those distinctions, I think is really important. So it's a big part of the work that I do with my clients is really honing in and using language to very specifically name emotions or to name experiences. Um, Because without that understanding, it's really hard. So as recently reading Bray Brown's latest book, Atlas of the Heart. And she really talks about in the like first couple chapters. Um, I don't remember exactly where it is, but she talks about how most people can only identify the emotions of happy, sad, and mad when they're experiencing them, which is incredibly limiting to your word, right? Your world. Um, so I think being able to express or at least evaluate later if you can't evaluate it in the moment um, brings a lot of awareness to who somebody is, right? And as a coach, I'm always coaching to who somebody is. Um, It comes out as behavior for them on the other end, but um, it's the who you are, I think that is important here. And so language is important in that. Um, The other quote I picked is, Um, art should be something that liberates your soul, provokes your imagination and encourages people to go further Um, by Keith Haring, who's an an artist that lots of people know. Um, But if you don't, you can Google him. Last name is spelled H-A-R-I-N-G. And I think art is great, um, partly because it really displays tons of stuff in an image, right? And and I think in images, so art really speaks to me. Um, I have a degree in art history. I'm a docent at the Denver Art Museum. Um, and so I just think art can really move people. Um, 
Page. Name three people that are the biggest influence on you and why. I should actually, though, I'm going to say before you answer this, because Paige and I were practicing beforehand, and I have to tell you, um, we're criers, and so this part was a little hard for us to get through, so if you hear us wobble in our voice, that's why. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> my three people, so my twin sister, Alexis, because she's super brave, and she's always so happy. Um She's very colorful and she can, she's literally like the sweetest person I've ever met. I don't know anyone who has ever said anything bad about Alexis. I don't know anyone who dislikes Alexis. Alexis brings a smile to everyone's face. She, she's just, she's just so happy all the time and it's, it's inspiring. Um, next person is my mom. Um, she she's always advocated for me she's the one who always believed in me she's the one who supports me I mean she literally started her own business because she wanted to help people like me um and plus she just like she stands up for what she believes in if she doesn't think that something's right, she'll say something. She'll say she'll say what what she thinks, and I think that's I think that's a great quality to have. And then um, my last person is Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, I've explained who Eleanor was, but um, she, as a first lady, she really. Um, was a whole activist for human rights and for feminism and standing up for women really um she it was she was the first lady in the 30s and the 40s in america so uh women didn't have too too many rights in the 30s and 40s i mean like they had some but um not really so she was really the first feminism f- feminist before feminism was really cool so like feminism is like a hip cool thing to do now but she she's the reason why like I feel like she's the reason why women have a lot of the things like of the freedoms and stuff that we we do and everything and um she's a really strong woman um she uh I know FDR got sick at some point during his like sick like pretty sick sometime during his presidency so she I feel like she pretty much like started running the country which I think that's pretty cool as um a woman in the 30s and 40s nonetheless but um she she's super cool she's a super cool lady I feel like she's pretty cool I mean I didn't meet her but she's cool. Obviously. Awesome. <laughs> um, so my three um, biggest influences. So um, I mentioned before that I pray every day. So faith is a, my faith is a big part of my life. It allows me to, um, it allows me to connect with everybody that I meet 
um, with compassion and love exactly where they are in their life um, without judgment. Um, and so um, the first person um, on my list is Jesus, right? Just relating to people with exactly who they are and where they're at and where they're coming from. Um, the next one is um, my grandfather. Um, so my dad's dad, he was very hardworking. Um um, he left school in eighth grade to help support his family. He um, is, he was always a really fairly calm person, or at least when I ever saw him or my memory of him, he's very kind, very loving, really funny. Um, I remember as a kid, he used to pretend not to like our house, our cat that lived inside because he grew up on a farm and, you know, to him animals all belong outside and we're for farming. Um, so he used to pretend not to like the cat, but, um, we totally caught him one day when he was shaving, he turned on the faucet and the cat jumped up to drink water out of the faucet. And he was totally talking all sweet to this cat. Oh, Oh, you little thing. Come here. I'll shave your whiskers too. He's been really funny (laughs) with the cat. Um, and so he was just a really great man. Um, and then my mom, um, is the last person on my list. And she was, um, really selfless and funny. So funny, had a wicked, wicked sense of humor. Um, she was sick most of my life. Um, and, um, passed away just before my last child was born. Um, so when I was 30, um, so about 20 years ago, just over. Um, and she, um, but you would have, you would have never known she was sick. She was always, she always put on a brave face and, um, really showed determination and perseverance. And, um, and she was just really great. Okay. We're going to move on before we're both okay. like in complete tears. Um, so, um, Paige, are you an introvert or an extrovert? So, um, I feel like I'm kind of both. It depends on my, like my mood and everything. Uh, when I was younger, I would have definitely said that I was introverted. I didn't really, but that was before I even got my autism diagnosis. That was before we like even knew, like, you could like thought even thought that I could possibly so um but now I feel like I sometimes I like being surrounded by people like mostly people that I like know and people that I like feel comfortable with I wouldn't like to go to like a party or something with a bunch of random people I don't know that sounds unpleasant um but I like hanging out with like my friends or like a group of people like that's fine but then also I cherish my alone time and I like being alone a lot um it just like helps me like recuperate and collect my thoughts and do all like just like veg um but also sometimes like I'll just like be in my room and I'll be like oh I'm bored or like oh I'm lonely 
so then I'll like want that interaction and so I feel like I'm sometimes both but I feel like I lean more definitely lean more towards the introverted side because I do like being alone quite a bit so what about you um I am an introvert as well um pretty classic right I prefer one-on-one conversations with people I prefer or small groups or intimate conversations I was never even in college I was just not a like let's go to this giant party or let's go to this bar or whatever that's just not my scene um so um yeah we're we're sort of a house full of introverts I would say everybody that lives at our house is introverted um so last question, Paige, what do people misunderstand about you the most? I feel like my, uh, just like my disorders in general, or just like me in general, um, my grandfather uh, described me once as an enigma because I am, I guess, mysterious and sometimes hard to understand so like I'll like tell someone like like I hate the feeling of velvet and of peach fuzz and I told this to someone once and they were like Paige that's weird as like I know it's weird I just I don't like it it just like it gives me the heebie-jeebies it like grosses me out and so people will just be like oh well that's that's weird and like people that's what I hear so much it's like oh that's weirder Paige, you're weird. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. I am weird. But, um, or, and then like, I'll, well, I don't go around telling people my disorder, but like the, the fact that I have ADHD and autism, I don't like go around telling random people that, but, um, the people that I do tell usually have a, um, a surprised look. I'll be like, oh, I'm autistic. And they'll be like, no, you're not. You're not autistic. And because like, from the outside, it doesn't look like I'm autistic. I don't flap my hands in public. I don't rock back and forth. I don't. I mean, like, yeah, I won't look at you in the eyes. But I mean, I'm not like the ter- the near, I'm not like the typical definition of autism. And when the doctor, when the psychologist that we were talking to is like, I think Paige might be autistic. I like walked out of that room like, that man's crazy. I'm not autistic because I thought of autism like everyone else. Cause there were kids in my school who were in my grade who were autistic. And I was like, I act nothing like them. I am normal compared to them. But um, autism is a range. It, it's like, there are differences like I'm everyone with autism is different and it's something that you can't see it's not so like someone can't look autistic there are physical signs that people might do that might be like oh that person might be autistic or that's like something that they do that is typical for someone who is autistic but it's not like someone with a physical disability. You can pinpoint someone in a wheelchair being like, that person's disabled because they're in a wheelchair and that's like a physical thing. Um, you can't do that with 
a neurodiversity. You can't be like, that person looks autistic or that person looks ADHD. So people have told me like, oh, I would have never guessed it if you hadn't told me. And, um, or like, they'll like say something that I feel like they mean well by, but they're like, kind of say it kind of rudely or they'll like, like one time I was like, I had flapped my hands once because I used to bag groceries at this grocery store that I work at until I moved departments and like got promoted and everything. And I was clearly excited or overwhelmed about something. And this woman was there and she, she thought that I like bumped my hand or something. So she's like, oh, are you okay? And instead of like explaining, like going off and explaining like, oh no, I'm just flapping my hands because I'm super excited. I was just like, yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine because she thought that I had hurt myself, but I didn't want to like explain to this friend, this la lady didn't care wouldn't have cared so I just like kind of just like played it off as like that or or like that I had this friend in elementary school and in middle school and we stopped being friends in high school but we were friends when I got the ADHD medic the ADHD diagnosis and up until that point she had treated me like a normal human being she like she wasn't we had a weird friendship, but um, after I told that's her- That's another episode. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. But after <laughs> I told her that I had ADHD, it was like a complete 180. And she started treating me like I was an idiot and I was a child. And she like, her whole demeanor toward me completely changed. And I was like, I'm still the same person, girl. I'm the same page. You don't need to- treat me any differently but we aren't friends we haven't been friends in like 10 years so it it's it's whatever now but I just find it interesting and um, annoying yeah but <laughs> what about you yeah it's it's always the stuff that people can't see right or the what people don't don't know about you no, that makes yeah. it difficult right mm -hmm. so um I also think peach fuzz and velvet are very strange and uncomfortable. And why would you touch those things? Um, so, you know, I read really slowly and I take, I'm a systems thinker, like a lot of people with dyslexia. So I make connections other people don't see. Um, and sometimes explaining how your brain works when your brain doesn't work like everybody else's is a difficult task um because if you don't if you don't if you're not living in a neurodiverse brain then it's hard to imagine it just as it is hard for those of us who are neurodiverse to imagine living in a neurotypical brain um and then i'm also um a really highly sensitive person so bright lights bother me and lots of textures bother me um volume of everything um Paige can attest I'm constantly telling her to lower her voice um so um lots of things just bother me and the more tired I am the more they bother me so um being able to explain to somebody how like the bright light like physically hurts my eyes um is 
unusual and it's, it's difficult for other people to understand. Um, so yeah, I guess for most people, it's, it's what you can't see is, or what you don't experience is hard to understand and therefore it's misunderstood. Um, awesome. Well, thank no, you. Wait, wait, no, we're not, we're not done. Those I were all the questions. To, I have something to add. Okay. About your, about your light thing. Cause oh. I, the other, the other day I was, well, I walk to work. I can't drive. Oh, I'm learning how I want to learn how, but, um, maybe that'll be an episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I currently cannot drive. Um, so I walk to work. My work's not too, too far away, but, um, I guess I was in a particularly sensitive state that day. Cause when I walked in, I was like, I was by the time clock and there were a few other people, like one of the assistant store managers was there and then like someone from up front. And I was like, why are the lights? So like, did we get new lights? And like the volume of the music was super loud and everyone was like, no, you must just be hung over or something. And I was like, no, no, I didn't drink at all last night. These lights are way too bright. They're brighter than normal. And the music is too loud. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, you're just, you're just crazy. And I was like, no, no. The, the, to be fair, the music that they play is so loud. Like, I don't know why it has to be so loud, but it is. It's either like really, really loud or it's really, really quiet. And then the lights, I could have sworn, they changed the light bulbs. They must have, because they were not that bright before, or my eyes were just like really sensitive from the sunlight and everything. But um, that, and plus it's like freezing in my store and no one else seems to be cold. Like sometimes they are. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, like my, my store just doesn't want to turn on the heat or the air or like, so it'll be like, negative 13 degrees outside and it'll be freezing inside but thankfully my department has a back room and we have a small little heater so everyone in the store likes to come back to our department to warm up because our area is the warmest area in the entire store but yeah that's that's but also sensitive to. yes we're, we're sensitive um awesome well um Thank you for joining us for our first episode. Uh, you can um, reach us at the ND toolbox at gmail.com. Um, our website is the ND toolbox dot beanpod.com. Um, and if you're looking for some coaching, you can see my coaching website at bigbangcoaching.net. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.